0: The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program.
1: This is The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. The Pet Buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people. Each week, The Pet Buzz provides the latest news and information on how to keep your pets healthy and happy so you can save money and have a fulfilling relationship together. Now, here's your Pet Buzz hosts, Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck.
0: Hey, happy holidays and greetings from the Pet Buzz studios. Hope you all are pet gearing up for a fantastic holiday. They're so close. They're less than two weeks away. Can you believe it?
2: Unbelievable.
0: It really is. You know, I have to say, even though we're excited about the holidays, we are a bit sad today because our Hayden just passed away. Very uh, sad. Over the weekend. So this show is definitely dedicated to him. He was a wonderful cat. And I had him for 14 years. I had him since he was a kitten. So I'm glad we got him back. Um, we talked about that last week on the show before he went over to Rainbow Bridge. But I know he's going to be in good company with our other dogs, with Roan and Hudson and Thames, Hannah and Ty, who all passed really in the last year.
2: That's right.
0: So many dogs.
2: Devastating. Old age and and the horrible cancer.
0: Yeah. So I've already started looking for uh, for a new cat, a new Himalayan to add to our family. And I don't know, some people don't want to get a new pet right away. And I just, I don't think it's a replacement. I think it's just adding another member.
2: One fills a void and they fill the void when they're ready. Right. Some quickly, some a little
0: longer. Yeah. I think for me, it's more... Um, I guess, yeah, it's like filling up a void. One
2: never replaces. No,
0: you and you can, and and every pet is different. So, you know, no two pets have the same personality. So let's get behind the wheel and get the show started.
2: Well, later on in the show, we're going to talk about some of the pet shopping and gifting trends. Oh, that's going to be great. Dr. Greg Barish is joining us to talk about how cat fur color is derived. I'm sure that is going to be a very interesting segment. Yeah, I think it's going to be fantastic
0: i'm sorry so sorry we love our pets and we want the best for them but sometimes because of our actions we feel pet guilty
2: so joining us today is veterinarian dr sarah michelle the medical director of vetster.com to talk about pet guilt how we rectify in our own mind and compensate for it towards our pets. Dr. Michelle, welcome to the Pet Buzz.
3: Thank you so much, I'm happy to be here.
0: So I guess the big question on people's
3: (laughs) minds is, what is pet guilt and where does it come from? Such a great question. So pet guilt is really pet owner guilt and guilt is a human emotion that we put upon ourselves When it comes to our loved ones or things that we cherish and we feel that we're perhaps letting down or not taking care of appropriately. I think pet guilt has become forefront because with the pandemic, we've all been spending even more time than ever with our family pets and our families. And now that maybe life is trying to get back to normal, we're starting to feel the pressures of that change even more acutely.
0: Well, appropriate yeah because appropriate. you're now you spend all this time yeah. with your pet you're together you're sleeping together you're watching yeah. tv together taking yeah. walks together and now you're gone now you're gone yeah wow and you're, zo-
3: you're zooming together
0: wow oh, yeah
3: <laughs> well i mean i guess you could
0: but it's more like the camera you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> okay so um
3: vetster recently conducted a survey about pet guilt what did it reveal we did we surveyed over 2000 2000- American pet owners. And we found that a shocking percentage of them, over 80% have feel guilt around their pet for various reasons. The two most common reasons that we're feeling guilty are uh, first and foremost, having to take your pet to the veterinarian and (laughs) (laughs) negotiating with them and ourselves regarding that trip. And then secondly, as we just touched upon about leaving your pet alone or having to disengage from the last almost two years of constant sort of togetherness and how that's making pets and pet owners feel.
0: I mean, I'm just thinking about this conversation, like
3: Binky, mommy
0: has to take you to the vet and Binky's like, I'm not going. And you hearing his voice, even though he's really not talking, come on, Binky, we got to go and you're going to make me feel really bad. You're going to go, it's going to be over quickly. And then he whines and cries. And then you're like, pay the bill and you get in the car and you're like, I'm so sorry. You know what? Mommy's going to take you out <laughs> for like a doggy ice cream. Right. Isn't that, exactly. or, you know, you know, can you, I mean, it's just, it's yeah. I mean, we all do that. You know, I actually tell my clients never
2: say that you're going to the vet. Don't use the vet word <laughs> at all because many people have told me that just in their intonation when they're going going to the vet and they'll happen to to mention the word vet, the the pets under the bed, they can't get them. (laughs) Then they have to call and reschedule the appointment. It's crazy, but you're right. I didn't think it was that bad, but I guess it is. Okay.
0: So um, you had a question, Dr. Flex. Okay. Dr. Michelle,
2: how can overcompensating due to pet guilt be unhealthy
3: for your pet? I think the number one way that most pet owners try to alleviate their own guilt is by showering love. And often that is in the form of food and treats and overindulging calorically. And all of those things are contributing to the concerns that we have as veterinarians, the increasing rise of pet obesity. And
0: American pets are really fat.
2: You know, it's just like people, moms do the same thing for their sons. Oh, mm-hmm. I'll fix you a nice dinner.
0: Is that no, what your mom did? Kind of, yeah. yeah. I thought you design. went to the country club all the time.
2: No, not that wasn't. She.
0: Oh, that, that was, was before that was before her. four. Yeah. <laughs> that was before her <laughs> four doctor husband. You know, it's really funny because, you know, I have known to indulge myself. But the one thing about <laughs> me is I don't indulge my pets with treats. I'm like the only you know, I never really give them a lot of compared to you. You just throw the treats on the floor and half of them aren't even dog treats. But that's not you don't feel it from pet guilt. I have so many treats. I just don't give the dogs a lot of treats.
2: Well, I can't help but You don't aren't sympathetic enough.
0: Yeah. Not, I just I don't know. I just I. But, you know, at the same point, don't you care? I love them so much. <laughs> I love them. I tell them I love them all day long. But, you know, what's really interesting. I know that some people manifest that guilt in another way like the pet is bad like he barks or he nips (laughs) like somebody they're just like oh yeah it's okay so i think that's another way they can that you know they just let him keep being bad they never discipline him and i don't mean like beat his butt or anything or you know harm him physically what i mean is they don't set up parameters so what you end up having is an untrained unruly pet is that correct is that one way people can manifest pet guilt
3: well, I think it's being lenient because okay. we feel guilty. So I think that, and uh, just like overcompensating with food and undercompensating with training and things that don't feel good necessarily in the moment, we are essentially creating our own monsters. And I think that all of these things, we feel guilty, so we don't want to impose training and and structure on our pets. Particularly dogs. However, that is actually one of the kindest things we can do for our pets uh, as uh, as their owners is be consistent, work with training, speak to your veterinarian, and I'll, you know, certainly feeling guilty about taking your pet to the vet as we talked about, the lovely thing about Vester is that we connect you, to a licensed professional veterinarian to talk about your nutrition concerns, your behavior concerns, any type of concern without having to leave your home. So you don't have that conversation about going to the vet. You don't have to make that scary trip in the car and have all of that guilty emotion. Dr. Michelle, we need to take a
0: commercial break, but we want to finish this conversation about pet guilt. Can you stick around for another segment? Yeah,
2: especially with vets. You'll well vets so, oh my goodness we're done with that question okay. it's not all about okay. you
0: okay can you stick around of course
3: you are listening to the pet buzz with pet trendologist charlotte reed and veterinarian dr michael fleck
1: Introducing the new PetBuzz.com website. ThePetBuzz.com. It's got a whole new look. More graphics, great pet pics, video versions of our guest interviews, more of Charlotte and Dr. Fleck, and ways for you to save money. ThePetBuzz.com. It's a whole new
0: look. ThePetBuzz.com. Brushing your dog's teeth can be expensive, and brushing teeth can be an absolute chore. It's so difficult. And I'm not going to tell you a tale because both are necessary to maintain a dog's healthy mouth. But to supplement my pet's dental care regime, I use Loving Pets Products Tooth Sticks. These affordable U.S. maiden-sourced dog treats help maintain a clean mouth, fresh breath, and stimulate gums. Online at shoplp.com.
1: And we've also posted special information about Loving Pets and how you can save even more money on our website, thepetbuzz.com. So thank you, Loving Pets, another proud supporter of the Pet Buzz. Now, here's another treat for you from Pet Buzz Plus. Pet Buzz Plus.
3: Hi, this is Barbara from Clear Lake, Iowa, here to tell you about my great little Portuguese podango named Gobi. He's my internal compass when I work too long, and he's a great little traveler. He's also a great cuddler. We love listening to the Pet Buzz.
1: We're kind of like your pet. We love being social on Pet Buzz Plus. Pet Buzz Plus.
0: Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com.
1: EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. I'm sorry.
0: we're back with veterinarian, Dr. Michelle from Vetster discussing pet guilt. This is going to be really, really interesting. It really is. Yeah. Well, you know, it's really interesting because everybody knows and I'm sure you see it every day. There's always some friend you have with a dog who just is so completely unruly. I mean, when I lived in New York, I had this one named friend named Susan B. We'll just call her that. And she used to let her dog Odie go to the end of a flexi lead. And she would always like want to eat It's like many New Yorkers do outside dine al fresco, which I couldn't stand in New York because it's no matter where you are, it's just dirty on the street and I'm a clean freak. But Odie would she would just let Odie walk around a restaurant. It used to infuriate me because people would always be like, you know, pull your dog back. I'm like, Sue should be eating away. And Odie would be visiting friends and it was, it was, and, and, and non friends, but she, he just was not trained. It just, so everybody has one of those friends, they just indulge their dog. And then they say, he's so cute. I love him so much. Yeah. I'm sure you see patients like that.
2: Oh, yeah. We have many patients that we have to ask them to hold that lead very short. Please don't let him run free like you do. Oh,
0: right. In your, in your waiting room. Oh, yeah. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So how can the parents, how can pet parents, Get I guess, I guess cope? How do they manage to like
3: put that guilt in check? I think we touched on this a moment ago briefly, but it's actually being regimented. It's actually having consistency and routine. It's good for both the pet owner and the pet. And so if you work on a consistent routine, you develop expectations of your pet's behavior and your pet develops expectations of your own. And so giving guidelines and setting boundaries is the, one of the best things you can do for your pet on many levels, both behaviorally, nutrition-wise, all of those things. It's just like ourselves. If we set expectations, we can live up to them a lot better than running free and eating whatever. Um, I think that's the best way to, to do it. And of course, if you're not sure, if you, if you need that professional insight, Connect with your veterinarian, speak to a veterinarian. They're the pros. They're the ones who have all of this experience, who can really help you figure out how to alleviate your own guilt and take care of your pet to the best of your ability.
2: Liable, compassionate discipline. I like it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So do as I say, not necessarily do as what I do. Well,
3: I know about what you do, so I know.
2: I know what you do. every day. Holy smoke. (laughs) Hey, th- doctor! Thank you so much for joining us today. What a great conversation!
3: Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Great, we'd we'll love to have yeah, you back. Thanks. Nice. It was really, it was really great to meet you both. I really enjoyed this. You know,
0: you're right, Doctor Fleck. It was definitely a great conversation. <laughs> and so meaningful. And so and meaningful. So <laughs> and I'll hopefully, hit home with you and your uh, <laughs> Cheetos. You're not even giving them dog treats. You're giving no Cheez-Its. That's what you like to give them. I know, thinking it's not you out. fair to put that on air. I know. It was too bad. <laughs> so sad. Okay. Well, anyway, like I said, it was a great interview, and just to remind everyone that we we're talking with veterinarian Dr. Shara Michelle from Vetster about pet guilt. You know, I do, I do suffer from a little bit of pet guilt, not much, <laughs> which I'm surprised, but I do suffer from, and I bet a lot of people out there do too. So, I am going to take Dr. Michelle's advice under great.
2: As, yes. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. Because yes. you don't want fat pets.
2: No, 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 no.
0: no and that's a huge problem. I mean, American <clears throat> pets are fat like their owners are becoming little fatties. I mean, over half of American pets are and cats are obese. Yeah. You know, we talked about a lot. You know, we're going to have to have Dr. Michelle yeah. come back so we can talk about cat guilt, cat pet yes. guilt. Yes. Feline.
2: Oh, guilt. my gosh. Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. We'll be back in a flash.
3: listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck.
2: Hi, Dr. Michael Fleck back with you on Pet Buzz Plus. You've just learned your pet has been diagnosed with cancer, a malignant mast cell tumor, which is as deadly as melanoma in people. Fear, panic, and extreme anxiety enters our life because until now, treatment has been limited to surgical removal of the tumor followed by radiation and chemotherapy. But a brand new treatment has just been authorized by the FDA, which is simply an injection of Stelvanta directly into the tumor. Studies have shown Stelvanta to be 75% effective. This is truly a game changer for your pet. Treating the cancer without surgery, anesthesia, with minimal recovery, and it's affordable we posted more about Cell Fanta, the life saving affordable cancer treatment, on the PetBuzz.com. For PetBuzz Plus, I'm Dr. Michael Flock.
1: Need more buzz? We've got plenty more for you on our social media channels Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We call it PetBuzz Plus. It's the best way for you to engage with like minded pet lovers everywhere. So remember PetBuzz
0: Plus.
1: Brace yourselves for big news
0: We're going to the place where all the action is
1: It's time for Pet Buzz Celebrity Pet News The most sensational news
0: Fantastic, I'm so excited You
1: you, you ready? Here's pet trendologist Charlotte Reed
0: Okay, you know what, as I say every week I love celebrity news It gives me a chance to see what's going on in the celebrity space so this news is just in time for the holidays. And we have another celebrity cat lady. Do you know who that could possibly be, Dr. Flack No, I do not. Jennifer Lopez. Really? Jenny from the block, she's down with the felines. I'll be so she recently introduced to her 230 million, that's Twitter and Instagram followers, that she has a new pet cat. And his name is Hendrix. Wah. wah, 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 wah. <laughs> So introducing Hendrix, she posted, and she also included a video of her furry friend. And it was a small clip. It was about 10 seconds. She zoomed across the room. Of course, it was fantastic room, of course, because it's Jenny from the block to reveal Hendrix in front of a beautifully decorated tree. Super lavish surroundings. But you know what I always say when you think about cats and Christmas trees? What? What? I hope that he doesn't try to climb the yes. tree. I saw this great video, uh, you know, and it was people were laughing in the video and it was kind of funny. But then you see these cats climbing the tree and the ornaments are falling off and they're turning upside down and trees are falling on them. So I do hope the Lopez family does, in fact, anchor their tree.
2: And not have something happen to them like it did where I when I lived in Kalamazoo, Michigan uh-huh. with a 12-foot tree. And my cat went up the middle of the tree and Knocked it completely down, destroying
0: all the balls, all the, the balls. decorations. And then
2: I had to put the tree back up again. Yeah. And of course, the rest of the family <laughs> had to decorate again, Of
0: decorate again. But, you know, hey, these things happen. But that's why it's really important to anchor your tree. If you have one of those cats that's very curious and it's a really good idea to think about that before you actually get a Christmas tree and decorate it.
2: Yeah, and like I had it anchored with fish line, didn't work something stronger.
0: Well, you know what they're even saying now? You could actually turn the tree upside down and hang it from the ceiling. I don't even know. I think that's an old tradition. I haven't seen that in a really long time. I think the Germans used to hang the trees from the ceiling. Hmm. Yeah. I, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I don't I don't foresee you doing it. You don't even have a Christmas tree. You have my Christmas tree at my <laughs> house. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael
1: Fleck. Here at the Pet Buzz, we know all our listeners love their pets, but one of our proud supporters loves pets so much, they put it in their name. I'm talking about Loving Pets, online at shoplp.com. They focus on healthy, high-quality, and affordable treats for your pets, and they're manufactured right here in the USA. And one of our favorites is their Tooth Sticks. It's a daily dental treat that helps massage gums, removes tartar, and freshens breath. It's a healthy treat that's not going to break the bank. Here at the Pet Buzz, we know you're looking for healthy, high-quality, and affordable treats for your pets. So think Loving Pets, online at shoplp.com. And we've also posted special information about Loving Pets and how you can save even more money on our website, thepetbuzz.com. So thank you, Loving Pets, another proud supporter of the Pet Buzz. Now you know what your dog feels like waiting for you to go on your daily walk. Welcome back to the Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz, enhancing the bond between pets and their people. So Charlotte Reed, let's talk
2: about what's under the tree. I'm thinking about Christmas pet gifts. So what makes a good Christmas gift for a
0: pet? I think it really depends on the dog or cat or guinea pig or bird that you're getting. You know, I think one of the great things that we've all come to realize during the um, during COVID pandemic is we really need to get out and get some exercise. So anything that inspires exercise, whether it's a ball, whether it's a fishing pole toy, those are great Christmas gifts. But then again, it depends on breed and it depends on age. So if you have an older pet, maybe a new bed, a new orthopedic bed would be a great uh a gift for the pet. That's you wonderful. Know, um, you know, mm-hmm. one of the things that I, I've discovered is, you know, those cots that I use in my TV segments to kind of keep the dogs up, like the one sure. Right. Those are also good because they also make some firm support and you can put a bed over those and the dog still gets the firm support. And they're not very expensive. I mean, beds can price out at a really many, many hundreds of dollars, believe it or not. You know, the fancy ones. But a lot of times, a lot of, you know, you're fine with a, a, a bed that's twenty four dollars or, you know, you pick up something from Walmart. But that cut gives it that extra support. And also, if you have, uh, you know, a dog who likes to use his nose, there's great puzzle toys and things like that. So it depends on the age of the dog. It depends on the breed of the dog and just his personality. But the most important thing is get those gifts that will last you uh, and get that dog exercised, especially in the wintertime when he can't really go outside.
2: I know you've done a lot of investigating this year to see what people have been purchasing, but what have they been spending on Christmas gifts this year?
0: Well, it's funny, you know, I didn't know this, but Deloitte um, does a retail survey every year and pets were very high up on the list this year. They said people are spending about 90 bucks per pet for holiday gifts. And I think that's par for the course. Like I said, with COVID, we've really come to rely on these pets And so I can see people and things cost more money. So, yeah,
2: it does. And I think uh, a trend that I've seen over the last couple of years since COVID came along is that it simply just costs more to maintain your pet.
0: Oh, yeah. And of course, you know, one gift that all dogs and cats love is dog treats. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you see that big giant wolf basket from loving pets yes. uh, and the TV part of the studio. And that's filled with dog dining accessories like bowls. There's a treat canister for dogs on the go. There's even a travel bowl. So whatever your dog will love, whether it's a big dog who wants a big giant bone or you have a small dog and you want to give them little treats. It's a, a few bags of treats for stocking stuffers. Um, but like I said, dogs always like treats.
2: That's my best time to go shopping.
0: It's your best time to go shopping.
2: Yep. So what about uh, trends? What what are you seeing there?
0: Well, one of the big shopping trends I really see is where people are shopping. So oh. I think even you know we do still have some COVID anxiety. Uh, So a lot of people are shopping online more than ever. They've gotten used to it. It's a lot easier. And then there's that thrill of the Amazon truck coming to your house every day, and you feel like, even though you paid for it, you feel like you're getting something that you can open, like unboxing. Really, what we're seeing is, um, you know, people are going to Amazon. They're going to Walmart. They're going to PetSmart. They're going to Petco. You know, Pet Supermarket. You know, your big retailers around the country, but. The problem now is we know that we're having an employment crisis in terms of people still working for the post office. A lot of people have retired out. People are changing jobs. They're leaving uh, UPS. They're leaving FedEx. So really, people are worried, especially now because it's getting closer to Christmas, about getting packages and gifts on time for the holiday. So a lot of people are doing one-stop shopping. And that's why, uh, you know, during the course of my TV tour, I had talked about the benefits of shopping at Chewy.com. Number one, the products are very affordable. Number two, they offer a huge selection of products and um, one-stop shopping. So if you have a dog and a cat and a guinea pig or a bird, you know, you can get everything at Chewy.com, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, One of the things that they have. And you can see in the studio is they do these great gift boxes. And I talked about those last weeks for mm-hmm. dogs and cats, See, Whisker Wonderland gift boxes, and then the polar gift box for dogs. And there's even fishing pole toys. You can even get things like lump of coal. So there's such a variety of toys and treats and, and beds and anything else that you want. I think it's a lot easier to do one stop shopping there. Uh, And they even have the latest tech equipment. So if you want a camera, you know, you're starting to go back to work, you want to check in on your pet. A lot of people are fine. That's a big thing, checking in on their pet. So they have the camera, they can um, check in and if they want, they can even give their pet a treat.
2: You know, pet listeners, I sometimes roll my eyes when I listen to Charlotte talk about a lot of this. But, you know, I've recognized just in my practice how many people now are actually doing what she's suggesting. So people are paying more attention to the uniqueness of their pet.
0: Well, I think they're paying more uniqueness to what the family is. That's know? a good point. So if, you're, if your pets are part of your family, then you want them to have, you know, matching outfits. It's like when people when in the Christmas photos, they all had matching sweaters or they all wore white shirts and the pictures were outside. So now those pictures include the family pet. Now, as we know from Cherry Hill with the interview with Chris Landtroop, That it's you know people not only take their kids but they take their dog for photos with Santa. Yeah,
2: not only do we have the ugly sweaters, they do too.
0: Ugly sweater third Friday of December. Oh, excuse me. So you know, I I mean, that's another fun thing that you can do. You know, take your pet out for a walk. You can sport his ugly sweater, and then of course um, we just had uh, the gingerbread day where I'm actually made a gingerbread doghouse. Oh,
2: but I'd still like to mention one thing. Yeah, pictures videos you need pictures and videos as we move on yeah. Down the yeah i
0: think because we lost so many pets we realize how important that is and i and absolutely I think, and i think as you can see in the studio we've got the pictures uh the pet pics with yep. santa of the dogs and and mon with me and santa and last but not least let's talk about pet lovers you know i think the the best gift, although it's expensive, is a ticket to the Westminster Kennel Club. So you can all see the dogs in action. If you can't do that and you want to learn more about the show, there's a great book, The History of the Westminster Kennel Club by William Stifle. He's dead now, but he was a member of the club and he wrote this historic book. And some of the um, some of the pictures, the early on pictures you'll see are of newspapers and various drawings, etches. I actually own them. I actually own some of those things and you know the other thing that's great too for pet lovers is it could be a gift of a picture of your pet that's also another great gift um a lot of people are, are having artists do do portraits you know they send a picture a photograph and then uh, an artist will paint a picture of the pet i mean then there's other things you know there's um wine that has a dog on it, you know, various uh, uh, vineyards make a dog, not dog wine, but, you know, wine that has a picture of a dog on it. So, yeah, I mean, there's aprons and there's a whole bunch of stuff. You know, the one thing that I've always wanted was I wanted a pair of Charlotte Olympia cat shoes. Mm. They're very expensive. That's why I've never bought a pair. But, you know, things like that, little things like that for a cat lover, dog lover really make a difference. There is even a ground coffee brand that uh, it's for dog lovers. Hmm. Okay, so, yeah, those are all the kind of gifts that, you know, people are, are getting.
2: That's really great shopping advice, Charlotte. I hope everybody takes that in. Not much time left.
0: Yeah. Last minute gifts. You know, a lot of times by now, a lot of stuff in pet stores are discounted. Uh, Make sure you're buying uh, uh, those big stockings, you know, those stockings that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. A lot of those stockings are just kind of just make sure the products are made in the USA. Well, everyone stick around because for more of the Pep buzz, but you can't wait for my I likey of the week.
1: Introducing the new PetBuzz.com website. ThePetBuzz.com.
0: It's got a whole
1: new look. More graphics, great pet pics, video versions of our guest interviews, more of Charlotte and Dr. Fleck, and ways for you to save money. The PetBuzz.com. It's a whole new look. PetBuzz.com.
0: Hey, I'm petrendologist Charlotte Reed. Did you know that humans can give COVID to their dogs and cats? I got the shots to protect myself, others, and my dogs, Morrow, Wally, Hammy, and Church, as well as my cat, Hayden. My pets are my family, and I want to keep them safe. I encourage you to get the COVID-19 shot and the boosters.
4: They call me Prince like I'm royalty or something. But the places I've lived ain't no palaces. So, I don't need grilled salmon or a new scratching post. Just give me a cardboard box and a can of tuna, and we're good. You can even change my name. I'm cool being the kitty formerly known as Prince.
3: A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person, adopt.
1: I like, it. I, love it. I like it. It's the die for. I like it.
0: Recently, I stopped at my favorite bagel store, and it just so happened it was after one of my morning segments. And I was wearing the matchy matchy outfit, which happened to be check stripe pajamas, red and black, and then a black shirt with a moose on it. And I left the dogs in the car, and they had matching outfits. Anyway, so I'm online at the bagel store, and this girl says, I love what you're wearing. I said, mm. Well, actually, it's pajamas. And I just I work in TV and I just did this segment and it was a morning segment, obviously. And she just thought it was the greatest thing. So she made me come out of the store after we both got our orders and she took a picture with me and Hammy wearing matching outfits. Hmm. And she said, this is a great idea. She introduced me to her boyfriend and he loved it. So they have a bull terrier. And I told her that, you know, this matchy matchy thing is here to stay. And obviously, the outfit came from Chewy.com, but she could also get dressed up and go get a picture of Santa with her, her boyfriend and her dog. And she loved it. She thought it was great. So I had forwarded her to the UTC mall and the Cherry Hill programs website so in Sarasota, she was, Florida, and, and Sarasota, Florida. So and and just so everyone knows, because we talked about this a few weeks ago, once again, with Chris Landtrop, the vice president of marketing from Cherry Hill, you know, you can go to any mall in the country and find the create the dot com website or Cherry Hill programs and really take advantage of those pet pics with Santa. I'm going to go closer to Christmas because I don't need the pictures right away. But um, yeah, I'm definitely going to do it. And I'll tell you guys about the experience and how fun it was. Well, it's getting closer. Yeah, it's definitely getting closer.
1: Introducing the new petbuzz.com website. The petbuzz.com. It's got a whole new look. More graphics, great pet pics, video versions of our guest interviews, more of Charlotte and Dr. Fleck, and ways for you to save money. The petbuzz.com. It's a whole new look. The petbuzz.com.
0: You know, speaking of color and what people are wearing, Stanford medicine researchers have discovered a specific gene that derives much of the development of stripes, blotches, and spots that decorate all feline fur.
2: And joining us today is Dr. Greg Barsh, MD, PhD. Dr. Barsh is a faculty investigator and faculty chair at the Hudson Alpha Institute for Biotechnology. So happy holiday, Dr. Barsh, and welcome to the Pet Buzz today. Happy to be here. So, Dr. Barsh, prior to your research, what did we know about cat color and or color patterns of various animals?
4: What's known is that the uh, the color comes from uh, what's called the pigment cells, uh, melanin, uh, and the cells that produce melanin uh, are called melanocytes. Uh, and there's melanocytes throughout the skin and uh, in every hair follicle. And so when you're looking at a cat, you see color. What you're looking at is the color of the hair but what you're really looking at is the melanin that's produced by the uh, melanocyte that is in uh, each hair follicle.
0: Oh, that's kind of cool. Now that you think about it, you know, Mm -hmm. how color is produced. Okay. So prior to your recent research that was published in September, I guess you and your research team identified a gene that controls coat color in tabby cats. Is that correct?
4: Well, it's really coat pattern, right? So we distinguish between the general color uh, whether the overall color is, say, uh, brownish or orangish or, uh, you know, med- medium gray, we distinguish between the overall color and what we call the color pattern, which is the distribution of stripes or spots uh, and how they're related to one another. And, and yes, our earlier research uncovered what is sometimes called the tabby gene uh, and will change a, uh, say, a mackerel tabby into a blotched tabby.
0: So I guess that tabby gene, does that also affect large cats too?
4: Sure. So uh, the, uh, the tabby gene, just like uh, almost all genes in all mammals, uh, they're shared you know, 95% or more of genes that cats have are also found in humans. And of course, uh, all other large cats as well. And so we have a tabby gene and not only do we have a tabby gene, but cheetahs have a tabby gene, lions have a tabby gene and tigers have a tabby gene. And it turns out that the exact same tabby gene in which uh, mutations cause the blotched tabby or classic tabby pattern in domestic cats Mutations in that same gene in cheetahs cause the king cheetah pattern, uh, which is uh, a cheetah that has uh, big stripes uh, and big really spots on its back uh, rather than small spots. Uh, And they also cause um, uh, tiger stripes to change what's uh, from sort of a normal tiger stripe-like pattern into what is sometimes called uh, a pseudo-melanistic pattern, where the dark stripes have gotten bigger and they start to uh, flow together.
0: You know, our cat listeners are really digging this right now. You know what I mean? Because they they just want to know. Okay, you had a question, Dr. Fleck.
2: I did. You know, I know that you have some follow up uh, publications from new research that you published in September, I think, in Nature Communications about the continuation of the Tabby Cat study. But can you talk to us about that research and what it revealed?
4: Sure, sure. So, so yeah, the, our group is really interested in general in this question of color pattern, not, you know, the general color, but how do the stripes and spots develop? How are they related to each other? Uh, and how do they change say from uh, a cat to a cheetah to, uh, a leopard to an ocelot? Um, and so, uh, we've continued uh, studying the genetics, uh, the the genes that change say one type of pattern into another uh, and building on uh, the classic tabby versus mackerel tabby work, uh, we were able to figure out uh, what makes the spots uh, get smaller, right? So uh, one of the, um, uh, when we talk about say uh, mackerel tabby, Versus blotched tabby, the dark spots or the dark stripes get bigger. It's the exact same thing with a king cheetah. Uh, but it turns out that uh, there are variants in domestic cats uh, and also wild felids as well, where the stripes or spots, the dark areas, get a little bit smaller. Uh, and by studying uh, the ta- uh, by studying uh, developing cat embryos we were able to figure out uh, another gene called DKK4 that makes the spots spots smaller uh, in, say, uh, an Abyssinian cat.
0: So why is the Abyssinian cat so important to your research? Sure. So Abyssinian
4: cats are really interesting. They are described as having what's called a ticked pattern. And what ticked refers to in the Abyssinian is the fact that each individual hair uh, has different, has, has bands of dark and light like, like pigment. Uh, and that's what gives rise to the sort of overall brushed appearance uh, that you see in an Abyssinian cat. You also see that, say, uh, in uh, a lion or, uh, or a puma, uh, a, a mountain lion. They have that sort of overall ticked appearance. Uh, but it turns out we, we discovered that there's something else that's going on in the Abyssinian cat. And that's that uh, it actually has little spots, that is groups of uh, hairs that are darker than uh, surrounding hairs, but those spots are really tiny. They're so tiny uh, that they're just a few hairs that might be darker lighter uh, than the adjacent hairs. And so that's what really gives rise to that characteristic uh, 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 pattern of the Abyssinian. Not only the fact that individual hairs have uh, bands or ticks of dark and light pigment, but that groups of hairs are, are different from one another. But they're just very tiny spots.
0: You know that's really cool because when you think of an Abyssinian, you generally think of this, you know, brush kind of coated one color cat. But I guess when you look close up and really start thinking about it, you could probably start to see the pattern. Correct?
4: Yep. Yeah, yeah. If you and
0: and and the other way to see the
4: pattern is it turns out that. Uh, So here's some, some nerdy genetics for your listeners. Uh, (laughs) So uh, the, uh, the mutation in this gene, the DKK4 gene that causes the ticked phenotype, you need two copies to uh, look like an Abyssinian cat. Uh, But if you have just one copy of the uh, ticked mutation, then the spots are intermediate in size and they're very easy to see. Uh, And, and a, a, a great example of that, uh, is present in uh, a very rare kind of domestic cat uh, called uh, the Savannah cat. And not only just the Savannah cat, but uh, a kind of Savannah called the Servaline morph of the Savannah cat.
0: I don't think that cat's, is he CFA registered? <laughs> <laughs> not, not CFA, maybe Tika. Well, Dr. Barsh, can you stick around for another segment? Because we want to continue this conversation.
1: Sure. Here at the Pet Buzz, we know all our listeners love their pets, but one of our proud supporters loves pets so much... They put it in their name. I'm talking about loving pets online at shoplp.com. They focus on healthy, high quality, and affordable treats for your pets. And they're manufactured right here in the USA. And one of our favorites is their Tooth Sticks. It's a daily dental treat that helps massage gums, removes tartar, and freshens breath. It's a healthy treat that's not going to break the bank. Here at the Pet Buzz, we know you're looking for healthy, high quality, and affordable treats for your pets. So think Loving Pets online at shoplp.com. And we've also posted special information about Loving Pets and how you can save even more money on our website, thepetbuzz.com. So thank you, Loving Pets, another proud supporter of the Pet Buzz. Back to the Pet Buzz, the Pet Buzz, enhancing the bond between pets and their people.
0: Okay, so we're back with Dr. Barsh discussing the process of establishing the feline color patterns. You had a question about? I, I,
2: I do, and I have intri- intriguing thoughts as I go through this interview because I can remember back in veterinary college and taking genetics, and you know, we all said, "Okay, we've got to take genetics," and we go into the class and as doctor says there's the nerdy professors but what was really intriguing about it is as we got into the the class time and towards the end of the the class that's the one class that we all look forward to attending all the information that came out is so intriguing and so important and and we were just all interested in it. Wow, this is really you know, great. It's funny
0: because as we're as we're listening to Dr. Vars talk, you know, I'm I can see both of us like thinking about yeah. what those various cats look like as he's mentioning them. And then I'm also thinking, well, you know, I've had Himalayans for a very long time and showed them. And I'm thinking, wow, is there any interesting research out of, about them and their color?
2: So I guess this 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 interview is kind of interesting because. I'm getting more interested as we go along. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think it's just really intriguing when you start when you start to think about why all these cats are all these different colors, you know, I mean, I, you know, genetics is fun. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely fun. But you had a question about that. Yeah. So what's
2: up with how can you explain the color of white or black cats? Sure.
4: So uh, actually, before I say something about white or black cats, I also want to make a comment about uh, Abyssinians and mm-hmm. lions and mountain lions. Because okay. remember, we were just talking about the Abyssinians, which have these t- really tiny little dark spots that are almost impossible to see. And so you might say, well, is that why lions look the way they do, or is that the way why mountain lions look the way they do? Mm. But the answer is no, and we know that because. When uh, lion cubs or mountain lion cubs are born, they have big dark spots and those spots go away. So what's happening with the Abyssinian cat is different from what's happening in uh, a mountain lion or a lion.
2: What about Bengal cats?
4: Oh, Bengal cats are great. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Yeah, we, 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 we love, love Bengal cats because there's uh, so much... Uh, Of the variation in the pattern of the Bengal cats is something that's been developed by uh, the breeders uh, who love these Bengal cats. So we work very closely with Bengal cat owners and breeders. uh, And in fact, uh, we're interested in working more with them.
0: Was John and his wife in? Is that why you mentioned Bengal cats?
2: No, I just got to thinking about that. To me, that's the most unique pattern of cats that's out there. And they're like, baby Bengal cats. Baby Bengal cats. (laughs)
0: Okay. I, I I love them. I had a client for years who had Bengal cats and and they were fantastic. Yeah. And they they were beautiful.
2: Well, personality-wise, they're sometimes challenging, but yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: you have to deal with that for the vet. Okay. <laughs> so what's next for you? Will you be finding out how DKK4 paints the array of color patterns <laughs> uh, domestic cats wear? Because I know that there's more research to be done with that, that particular uh. gene. Yeah,
4: we want to figure out how DKK4 works together uh, with the tabby gene to uh, control different color patterns. And in fact, uh, like you, this was a great uh, setup for this question because one of the ways we're doing that is to work with Bengal breeders and Bengal owners uh, who have different arrays, uh, different types of patterns. You know, because some Bengals, uh, yeah, they look uh, a little bit like ocelots, but uh, other bengals look a little bit different. There's a, a, um, a pattern in bengals called marbled, which is uh, really interesting. And there, uh, uh, in fact, uh, there's, there's a pattern in bengals uh, where they look like tigers, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, but we never found out about black and white cats.
4: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so, so that's, you know, so, so you can tell that, you know, my sort of you know, nerdy genetic self, we love talking about uh, patterns, stripes and spots. Uh, And, and, and color, I think we know a lot more about color. And so it's, it's less of a mystery. uh, And so uh, uh, we find it a a little bit less interesting, because we already know a fair bit about it. Uh, But the answer is that Remember, we were talking earlier about where the color comes from, and it comes from these uh, the melanin, which is produced mm-hmm. by the melanocytes, which are the cells in the skin and the hair. Uh, and uh, white cats, almost all white cats are white because they're missing their melanocytes because of a mutation in a different gene that prevents the melanocytes from developing or surviving. Now, black cats, they all have melanocytes. Otherwise, they wouldn't have any color at all. Uh, but they're, uh, m- they have a mutation in a gene that's required to produce the different different types of melanin, because melanin can be uh, kind of a blackish-brown or it can be reddish-yellow. And in a a, a black cat, uh, they have a mutation in a gene that prevents the melanin from switching between the black-brown to the red-yellow melanin.
2: No melanocytes, no protection from the sun. Hmm, Interesting. Hmm.
0: Okay. So lastly, um, what should breeders and pet owners take away from your study? Breeders and pet owners should
4: take away from our study that, uh, you know, not only are uh, cats wonderful companion animals that bring a lot of uh, pleasure and reward uh, to people that love them, but they're also something that scientists can learn from. And so, uh, you know, none of this would have been possible uh, without partnering with uh, breeders and owners and shelters uh, who love cats, uh, as, as we do.
0: Cool. Okay. So, Dr. Barsh, I'm going to ask you, where can listeners learn more? One of the best places to learn
4: more about this work uh, is uh, a blog, actually, that uh, I wrote uh, called How the Serval Gets Its Spots. How the Serval, S-E-R-V-A-L, How the Serval Gets Its Spots. Uh, You'll uh, be directed to um, a blog that talks about this research and also references the actual paper in Nature Communications.
2: Well, let me wish you happy holidays, Dr. Barsh, and thank you so much for joining and sharing that research that you've done with us and our listeners.
0: Happy holidays
4: to you. Uh, we always love talking about our science.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was such I mean, it was it was a tough interview because there was a lot to to prepare. We don't know that much
2: about genetics, but boy, isn't that great?
0: Yeah. No, it was fantastic. It was so it was such it was so thought provoking. So, you know, today I know I'm going to spend my afternoon looking up some cats (laughs) and looking up color patterns because I'm really, really fascinated. Well, um, we're going to have to have Dr. Barish back when he please continues with his research. And just to remind everyone that Dr. Greg. Barash is a faculty investigator and faculty chair at the Hudson Alpha Institute for Biotechnology. He was sharing his latest research about when and where the process of establishing feline color pattern takes place and what molecules regulate the establishment of coat color patterns in cats.
1: Ever wonder what goes on inside the Pet Buzz studio? We post full length video versions of all of our guests on our YouTube channel.
2: Hey, it's Dr. Mike Fleck back with you here on the Pet Buzz. With the popular movement to save our environment, our precious beef, and especially our barbecued steaks, may be in line for extinction. According to Current Biology, cows don't make an effort to restrict their urine to any one particular place. The article also confirms that cow's pee is a greenhouse gas, maybe 300 times more potent than carbon monoxide and 10 times more than methane. So University of Auckland in New Zealand to the rescue. They taught cows to be potty trained and use a latrine instead of the pasture. So in the future, mobile toilets in the pasture might become as visible as windmills. Contain the pee, neutralize the greenhouse gas and hooray, we keep our stings.
0: Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Well, it's time to wrap the show, Dr. Fleck.
2: Unbelievable. Every week, I can't believe it.
0: Yeah, I mean, we had a great show. It was really interesting. So I want to give you guys what's going to happen next week. Good. So next week, it's our end of the year show. So we're going to have a bunch of guests. We're going to have Mark Cushing down. We're going to have Beth the Edelman trying to get Mike Arms. Uh, and Dr. Wooten, she is a new guest on a show. I really liked her. She was from Pumpkin Insurance. Remember her? Mm-hmm. We'll do a wrap up some, some of the hottest stories of 2020. But before we go, can you thank our guests?
2: Special thanks to our guests and a big thanks and good holiday wishes to Dr. Sarah Michelle and Dr. Greg Marsh.
0: Of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Brighton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Shampoos, skin and coat sprays, sunscreen ear cleaner and supplements for your dogs and cats. And of course, our new sponsor, Loving Pet Products, the manufacturers of safe and healthy U.S. sourced and made affordable treats. For more additional savings for Loving Pet's treats and other products, thepetbuzz.com.
2: Most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of
1: your pets.
0: Peace out and pet love. Goodbye.
1: Thanks for listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. The Pet Buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people. If you and your pets need even more buzz, we're online at thepetbuzz.com and our social media channels, Pet Buzz Plus. The best way for you to engage with like-minded pet lovers everywhere.
2: I want to be a contender. I want a warm belly to sleep on.
1: A big house.
2: How do I look? Do do I look good?
0: I want to play hard.
2: My nails done.
0: Once a month. I want. I want. I want a home. I just want a home.
3: I want someone to love.
4: Last year, more than 30,000 companion animals came to
2: us without homes. 20,000 of them were felines. Let's make some homes.
3: A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Adopt. Hey, I'm Pet
0: Charlotte Reed. Did you know that humans can give COVID to their dogs and cats? I got the shots to protect myself, others, and my dogs, Mauro, Wally, Hammy and Church, as well as my cat, Hayden. My pets are my family, and I want to keep them safe. I encourage you to get the COVID-19 shot
3: and the boosters.